Hey everyone, this is Patrick with the 307 RPG Podcast, and I just want to take a moment and say thank you to all of our amazing patrons. It's because of you that we're able to do the things that we do. If you like our show and you want to support us, you can find us on patreon.com slash theforgeherald. Thanks everyone, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. My name is Patrick, and I will be your host today for this very special episode, as we are joined today by Steffi Devon, who is the developer of the new game Legend Lore from Onyx Path, which just launched on Kickstarter. Steffi Devon is a Dutch author of role-playing books and short stories, who has written for settings such as Vampire the Masquerade, Changeling the Lost, and Harlem Unbound. She loves horror, fantasy, sci-fi stories, and their cross-genre in any medium, watching short films and tutorials on YouTube, and inclusive feminism. Steffi, thank you so much for joining us and coming on our show. We really appreciate you being here. Well, thank you for having me. So obviously we're here to talk about Legend Lore that has come back triumphantly to Kickstarter, and we're really excited about it. This is a game that we did back right away, so we're really excited to see it come back. But there's a lot of people who don't know what Legend Lore is. So, Steffi... What is Legend Lore? Legend Lore originally is a comic uh, from the 80s where four kids uh, find a chest and they open it and then they get uh, teleported into the realm, with it, which is this fantasy world of D&D. And it's uncannily like D&D. I think at one point one of the characters even says, like, oh, my God, it's like we're in Dungeons and Dragons. So the people who wrote this comic were clearly fans. And they go on all sorts of adventures and eventually they come back to some of them, some of them come back to Earth, some of them don't. Uh, I think one of them, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but things happen. They are genuinely great comics. You can get them on drive through Comics if anyone's interested. And um, we'll, we, yeah, so you can get them on drive through Comics if anyone is interested. But what we did is um, we got in touch with the Calibre Comics, who owns the IP to Legend Law, and we said we would love to make this into a role-playing game because it's pretty perfect. And they were on board. They were very excited. So what we did is we scoured over the comics to pull out all the references because they ran for like a lot of issues, a lot of volumes and spin-offs. So there was a lot of material in there that we could use to create a very rich, vibrant world. Uh, but then what we specifically wanted was that whole idea of you get teleported into the realm. So it's, it's based on the 5th edition fantasy role-playing game system. And what we did is we specifically designed backgrounds and feats that allow you to play as a person from Earth who gets teleported into a fantasy world. So you could literally be yourself and I would be Steffi, but as a fantasy character. So so that is very exciting to me because I like that. It is. That's really interesting, especially so... I, I, when I read about that and, and how that was done, the idea of me playing Patrick and like some of the things that I do, like I have a journalism degree. So I, and then I also like to perform in musicals. It's like, well, geez, I could just play a bard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we have, I'm not sure if we, I think we have journalists, but we definitely have writer as, as a background. So that's close to you know in, journalism is a, a nice mix of investigative and storytelling uh, not i don't mean to say that story that journal journalists make up stories before anyone thinks i mean that but i mean that journalists are supposed to write down sometimes dry information in a way that's entertaining for the public to read absolutely um, 
so yeah so you could play a bard but you could even pick a background that is your background because we we did a lot of them we wanted a very broad variety of people that we hope will play our game so um so onyx path was able to get the license by contacting was it caliber at that time or had they was there a different um who had the ip at the time i guess is the question uh that that was caliber comics i think it's originally from a different company, um, I forgot the name, wasn't originally, but Calibre at one point got the IP from the original creators and uh, Calibre were the people who had it when we made the licensing deal with them. And, and you also mentioned, you're, you're like knocking out my questions without me even <laughs> asking here. You also mentioned that this is being brought in under the D&D 5th edition rule set, is that correct? Yes, yeah. But you... So I guess, would you need a D&D 5th edition player's handbook or even a Dungeon Master's Guide to play Legend Lore? You would, you would, because under the licensing deals, we can't just copy the basic rules of the player handbook into a new book. Or at least we opted not to do that, to do that because we felt it wouldn't be the best uh, use of word count. So you do need to be able, you do need to know what D&D 5th edition is like. And that's much like Scartlands. Yeah, it is. Scartlands is also under, under 5th edition. Yeah. So tell us about some of the races that are in legend lore. So, uh, so we've got uh, quite a quite a few. We've got the the traditional ones like elves and dwarves, um, but we also, like I said, we really dug into the comics. And one thing that they have that I really loved is they, um, at one point, they have an encounter with orcs. Now, uh, orcs in legend lore are are not what you see in many fantasy games, where it's people but not quite. Orcs in in this in in legend lore are are legit. Um, they are pig people, and minotaurs are cow people. And we could tell that by looking at the art. Like, oh, that is definitely that is pig people and cow people. Um, <laughs> but anyway, at one point they encountered them, and they are really pleasant and polite. They're like, are you okay? And they they help the heroes up, and they're like, well, we hope you have a nice day. And they go on. And so I read that, and I was like, that is a really nice and unique take on orcs so we so we we ran with that and we created a race of because because in the in, in the other stories we do get the orcs as they are portrayed more uh, negatively like we often see them but we really like these polite helpful orcs so we created a race of orc ambassadors uh, who are going around the world petitioning other people to please recognize their sovereign nation and so that is what they do. I really like that. So that's one of the races you can play. We also have trolls. We, I should say, because I'm, I'm using the word race now, but we don't use that in the book. Not in the, we, have, we use people. We didn't want to use races. Okay, um, perfect. So, so we have several people. Uh, we also have trolls, again, because they have several variations on trolls, and some of them are the living underground, not nice to meet them trolls. But there are also uh, trader trolls who... who you know, they, they have the society and they run between their cousins who are the not so nice variety and other people. And so so we wanted to make those available for play too. We've got pixies who are literally like the size of your hand winged creatures, pixies. So we really went for the the, the people that you might not see in, in traditional games because well, I thought that would be fun. Uh, but also because again, Legend Law had this really interesting take that, that you could go, oh, you can play a very nice troll or a very nice orc and just run with that that's a very different take than what what people would be used to being uh, we're a big fan of scarred lands here at 307 rpg so mm -hmm. 
orcs that's a completely different take on orcs yeah yeah and i wanted to do that because you know the, the orcs they come with some baggage that uh, there's uh traditional orcs in D D have have some problems and um we wanted to create these as as i don't know a fun way to play orcs yeah no i think that's really neat that's fascinating. I, I like it when people take things and change them and just make it a little different. Yeah. That's always fun. What type of classes can people play in Legend Lore? So we, we mostly did, um, what do you call them, subclasses, uh, your archetypes. We've okay. got a couple. I'm, gonna, I'm actually, because I don't know all of them by heart, because we've got quite a few, so I'm going to actually go ahead, pull up my document for that one. So we do, we want... We, we do have two new classes. That's the alchemist and the gunslinger. So the alchemist is the world of legend law, which is called the realm and specifically East Azoth, has a mix of magic and science, which is called alchemy. It's not quite traditional magic, but it's also not quite science as we know it. And we really liked that. So we wanted to, we wanted to embrace that. And so we created the alchemist class to go with that. The idea being that people from Earth traveled to the realm and talked to them about science and, you know, electricity and uh, making potions. And then the people from the realm were, yeah, that's interesting. It's not how it works on our end, but it's interesting. And then the combination of those two created the alchemist class. And uh, we also created the gunslinger class because one of the first things we, we had to decide as a group was, if you cross, what do you take with you? And the answer was pretty simple, whatever you have on you. That's also how I run it at conventions. It's like, what do I, what is my equipment? Well, I don't know. What do you have at this table? Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've got to go. But <laughs> there's going to be some stuff that you need to find before you can. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a fighter. Do I have a sword? Unless you bring a sword to the gaming table, the answer is no, you don't. <laughs> um, but um but but the idea of you have whatever you have on on you brought us to the larger idea of not for convention games do not bring a gun to a convention but yeah. it did bring us to what if you are walking down the street or in the rural area and you come across a cabin and you open the cabin door and boom you cross into the realm if it's in a rural area especially if it's in a country like america there is a chance that you'll have a gun on you like if if you're hunting or something especially um, in in Wyoming where we are. Yeah. So so then we were like so you cross into this realm where the laws of physics are not quite the same but you have a gun on you uh, how do you make that work? So we developed the gunslinger class which is uh, which dives into that idea of people who want to be like could I could I could, could I bring a gun into the realm? Well, yes, you could. Does it work in the realm? It does if you tinker with it a bit. Uh, but those are our four classes, and then we have uh, bards and clerics and druids and fighters and basically subclasses for everything, except for, ironically, the ranger. They they have a ranger in the book, the Rangers of Okoth. They are specifically called that, the Rangers of Okoth. Um, and we looked at what they do, and we really wanted to make them rangers because they're the Rangers of Okoth. But we looked at what they do, and we're like, yeah, this is a fighter class. So, ironically, our ranger in character is the fighter class out of character but we've got that 
we've got uh, white unicorns, which are protectors of the realm, paladins. They've got a lot of um, a lot of law, like there's a white unicorn that protects people, and that ties into both a fighter class uh, and a warlock class who swears an oath to this last unicorn. Uh, they've got a goddess, Otharis. That's actually pretty interesting because um, it turns out later that she is from Earth, and at one point she became a goddess. Oh. Um, yeah, that, that happens way before the story, but you, at one point you find hints like, oh, I don't think this is... Uh, and interestingly enough, she was the only goddess in the comics. So, And the fact that we later found out, like, oh, I think she's from Earth, made us go, like, so these people probably don't have creator deities like many settings do because this girl from Earth who's a goddess. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. But we so anyway, we she has her own cleric class and her own um she's got several things. She's got a cleric, she's got a monk, and uh I think she's got a third class, but I forgot, I forgot what they were, uh dedicated to her because she is this amazing goddess of she is the goddess of um fire and also of healing. I'm not entirely wow. sure how that works, but yeah. I mean, I guess we can see how it works. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys develop a whole pantheon for legend lore? We did not. We we went with the right. comics, and the comics have this wrong goddess who's from Earth. But then we did infer, we came to the conclusion that, as presented in the comics, we can probably infer that they don't have a, have a how do you call it, a home pantheon. Interesting. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, they've got demons. They have demons. They have demons, but they don't have gods. And of course, you guys, anybody who's listening can easily get the the lore of legend lore by getting those comics that Steffi mentioned earlier yeah. through drive through comics. I was able to pick up a couple of them on Amazon when you and I first started talking about doing this so I could at least learn a little bit about it and was able to read through the first graphic novel and then another standalone mm -hmm. comic book. So I have a little bit of an idea of the of the game. Yep, yep. They're pretty swell. I, I, yeah, they're, they're pretty swell. They're not, not everything has aged equally well, but I, uh, but um, I, I tend to be one of those raging uh, feminist, you know, bees. Um, mm -hmm. And I really, really loved these comics. There were a couple of cases, cases where, where we just, we, where we explicitly went, this is not what the people of the realm think. This is just this one person in this one comic being an asshole. Yeah. And, and I think that's true, especially because considering the time frame that those comics were written and yep. considering the current, you know, climate, social climate now, you have to make changes. Yeah. But all in all, I genuinely enjoyed them. I think people will love them if they read them. But just as that small caveat, uh, if you come across something in the comics, uh, we, we did. At some point, we were just, yeah, people people might have said this. And that's probably because he's an asshole. I mean, you're, you're always going to have that. But we decided to not let that, we decided to not let that be indicative of the larger world. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Because I, I know there was a couple of times where I read it and I thought, yeah, this doesn't age well. Yeah, but that that's just, that was the... Because uh, um, we ran everything by caliber, so they were also like, "Yep, that's that's fine. You can totally just go." That 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 character has just said some odd things here, but this is not how the people of the realm think. Excellent. So, what are some of the monsters that people would encounter in the realm? 
Um, so one thing we decided, going back to the idea that people are people, is that we didn't want to do the traditional monster races. I don't want people to go around killing sentient beings with their own culture just because their culture isn't what we consider culture. That does not sit well with me. So, um, so we opted to to do our monster manual is all uh, it's bats and it's um, uh, it's demons. It's non well non sentient. Legend Lord dragons are different from D&D dragons. They're more like what we might consider drakes. Okay. So there's a lot of monsters, but we specifically... Uh, there's also creatures, of course, that are not monsters. We've got four sacred beasts of the seasons because, interestingly, at one point, um, they, they like a month passed and uh, the seasons had changed. And not because they were at the end of spring, but because the seasons lasted really short. And um, we decided to go with that. So we we uh, that's in the GM uh, uh, chapter. How do you play with these really short seasons? Uh, but one of the things that we also did is we created four sacred beasts of the seasons, which are creatures who grow really large in their own season, and then you can uh, you can be nice to them and receive blessings, or you can be nasty to them and receive you know not blessings. <laughs> um, but we uh, we did make the the we made the conscious effort to go like we don't want we don't want to basically introduce people as monsters so we we stuck with the beast variety uh, my personal favorite actually is a a mushroom an evil mushroom which shrieks and then um, the the sound is so terrible that you are debilitated and then another monster comes along and that kills you and oh, then geez. and then um and then the mushroom simply feeds on your you know remains so it's like a symbiotic evil mushroom and i i kind of love them because they tickle all of my funny bones like <laughs> it's, it's 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 a mushroom that yells so loudly that it kills you profoundly that's absurd yeah, very absurd, but I like it. <laughs> so you, you've made mentioned, um, of course, in the in the original legend lore, as you mentioned, these these high school kids really go to this cabin and they find this chest and they're transported to the realm. Obviously, not every game is going to play out that way. Are there how are ways that people can get transported to the realm? Uh, we uh, dedicated an entire chapter to that. Uh, that's the chapter cross crossings. It's the uh, first or second chapter. Um, but basically, that's up to the uh, DM. But anything could be a crossing. Like uh, the Legend Law book could be a crossing if you hold it physically. Uh, a door could be a crossing. A chest could be a crossing. A pendant from your mother could be a crossing. Um, and what I would do as a DM if I had a, a group physically at my table, so I'm not playing online. I would probably use a prop for it because it's it's how most legend lore games will start that you find this this crossing and you know boom and I like then the idea of bringing it, you know like you find this compass this specific compass and they have it as a prop um, but the funny thing is that they're not all two way so you might end up with your compass on in the realm and then on that end it's not it's not a crossing on that end so you know good luck but in theory, um, anything can be a crossing. 
I didn't. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that there could be two different types for crossings for one realm to the to the other. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, in the comics, the box doesn't show up on in the realm, so that's a one way crossing. And uh, and true. later, I didn't think about that. Yeah, and later in the comics, we found out that the Alex's uncle, so the uncle of the of the guy who finds the chest, and his friends probably crossed too earlier, and actually one of that party became the goddess Atharis. Uh, that's not specifically stated, but if you read all of the comics back to back, like I did, like an obsessed person, <laughs> you can you can you can definitely tease that out. Like, oh, I think that's what happened. But yeah, that's a one-way crossing that he then bequeaths to his nephew. So so that's also interesting. And slightly nasty, like you could have left a note. You know, that would have been helpful. Hey, if you mess with this, you're going to get transported to another realm. Do not open unless you're ready to transfer to an also open realm. And, you know, yeah. So By the way, get a sword. Yeah, exactly. Do not open me unless you have a sword in hand. (laughs) That would have been very helpful. Exactly. When when the players transport, when they transport to the realm and they play their game, does time equal like if they're if they're in the realm for three four five six days is that the same in on earth that depends on the group uh, because that was another discussion that we had very early on before we started writing if the idea is that you cross over like me you and me like patrick and steffi boom we're in the realm uh, then the passage of time is gonna dictate if we're like, oh, awesome, fantasy realm, let's walk around and see what we can find. Or if we're like, yeah, I need to be home now. Like now, I have people who depend on me. Let's go. And that creates a very different kind of game. Like how much do you want it to be? Let's explore versus we need to get the F home immediately. Um, and because that makes such a huge difference, uh, we in the DM chapter go into detail about that. And the answer is you need to sit down with your group and you need to discuss what kind of a game you want to play. Makes sense. And, and then you decide what the passage of time does. So it's open however the groups want to do it. Yeah, exactly. And it helps them that there's not one fixed crossing between the places, so you can easily go some crossings. You cross back and, you know, the time that has passed is equal. And other crossings, you go back and you end up exactly where you were when you left. Earlier, you mentioned that you have demoed this game at, cert- at conventions. Um, yeah. What was the response from the people who got to play it? Well, that was really, really awesome. Because uh, one thing I was, I was, because uh, one of the main draws of the game is is the idea that you were playing you, uh, and I was, mm-hmm. and that requires some buy-in. And uh, I like the convention games. So I, I was like, I have got, I've got character sheets and I've got stats, and you can basically you can change, uh, you can change whatever people you want to play. Uh, but I would, I don't want to tinker with the stats now because we've only got a couple of hours. Um, but you're you. You have to get into that. You play as you, and uh, and people were really, really into it. They really bought into. Uh, they would at one point encounter uh, goblins who uh, were very nasty to them. Well, what are we going to do? Are we going to fight them? You, no, you don't just walk into a cave and then fight the people who left there. That is weird. Let's just sneak. And leave. <laughs> um, because that is indeed the logical response. Right? I mean, yeah. these people live here. Like, I'm in their home. So let's, let's just go. And, um, 
so they were really into that on, at every turn. Like, uh, and like one so, one guy, they had to hitch a ride, and um, and uh, uh, to to a faraway city. And the 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 wagon master said, like, okay, you can you can travel with me, but you need to tell me a story because I'm bored and I want you to entertain me. So the player says, once upon a time there was a man named Tony Stark. Oh gosh! <laughs> and then he just launches into it, and he's like, so uh, that was. I think uh, I think uh, Endgame was just out, uh, but he basically launched into a recap of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's oh like, my goodness! Uh, it's like how many hours of story time is this? Uh, it's it's enough. You you can't tell the last movie because not everyone on this table has seen it. But yes, <laughs> this this covers the trip, and that is awesome. That use of I I I actually I've got. I've got hours and hours and hours full of stories because we've got this Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm just going to start with yeah. Iron Man one. I'm going to work my way up to Endgame. So that was that was a lot of fun. But there's a lot of buy-in, yeah. And uh, and I tried to end the campaign with Do you go back or not? And uh, uh, and people were genuinely agonizing over that. That was also like, do we want to go? Like, yeah, I kind of want to stay. And this was a family. This, these were, I think it was a brother and sister and uh, two, two children belonging to the brother. I think I didn't specifically ask them what the family makeup was. So this is just me inferring based on their reactions. Um, but one of the kids was like, oh, I want to stay. And the adults were like, oh, OK, have you thought this through? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so the, yeah, so it ended with, well, have fun back in the real world. And I am going to remain here. Um, oh, and and yes, yeah, somebody else who who did not have a good time in the real world at the end of the game was like, "This is much better than home. I want to stay here." And it's like, oh, that's that kind of the, that I could give her that escapism for a couple of hours. That is like, this is why I write games. So so yeah, the response at at conventions has been really awesome, and people have really bought into it. That that was pretty amazing. Hear, hearing that somebody feels like they'd rather stay in the fantasy realm than come back to the real world is is heart-wrenching. Yet at the same time, like you said, this is why you design games because it is games have become such an escape for people, even if it's just okay. for a couple of hours. Okay. And that's awesome that you got that reaction. Yeah, yeah, that was genuinely like a moment like, oh, you are exactly the person that I wrote this game for. Yeah, so that that was amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, sorry, you blew me away with that one. <laughs> yeah, I was genuinely touched. I was telling the story later to to the other people from Onyx Path at the convention, and I was genuinely like, I was tearing up, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I gave her four hours of escapism. That is sometimes the most precious gift you can give a person. Absolutely, that's fantastic. Okay, <laughs> I gotta shake that one off. Um, are there supplements planned for Legend Lore? Like, are these part of the stretch goals? What are we looking we, at? Yeah, we, we do have uh, stretch goals. So please, if, if you're uh, listening to this, go back uh, go back us because we're hoping to unlock a lot of stretch goals. Uh, yes. We have a roadmap for them planned out. I don't think I'm allowed to spoil what they are, so I can't actually go into that. But we've got several stretch goals planned. They're all amazing. We've got an entire roadmap, and I would be so excited if we can just knock them all out. Yeah, and, and if you haven't ever done an Onyx Path um, Kickstarter, I've done several. And I have to tell you, 
I've done several Kickstarters in general, but several with Onyx Path. And Onyx Path does a fantastic job with their Kickstarters. They they are very communicative. Our manuscript previews to keep you intrigued. You get stories. There's all sorts of stuff that that Onyx Path does with each of their Kickstarters. So if you haven't done one before, you truly are in for an experience. If you if you and you should back this game. Yep. And I, I think, but people can find this out for now for themselves. I think with this one, we're even saying if you back for uh, a dollar, um, you immediately get the full manuscript. Like it's it's not fancy, there's no art, but you get the full manuscript. You can immediately read it. And then if you go, I like this, you can back for an entire book and get it with the art and the hardcover and the fancy stuff. And uh, But you can, if you just, if you back it just for a dollar, you can immediately see the manuscript. You can see if you like it. And I, I pretty much guarantee that you will. And, and I want to go back a little bit, Steffi, here, because mentioning that for a dollar, you get the manuscript, because that is new for this Kickstarter. And it makes me wonder, um, because this isn't the first time Legend Lords come to Kickstarter. It was at Kickstarter in March, which Onyx Path pulled because of, well, there was a global pandemic. <clears throat> yeah, turned out that was not a good moment to launch a Unfortunately so. And and again, I was one of the ones who jumped on it right away. And I thought it was really neat that Onyx Path said, hey, we really appreciate you guys backing us. Here's the manuscript. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the idea of, well, um, many people have the manuscript. I think that is what prompted. But again, people can go on the because as you and I are recording this, the, the Kickstarter is not live. So but people can go on the Kickstarter probably when we're airing this and check this for themselves. But I think that was the the idea behind let's let's people who back you get the manuscript. It's it's you can you can have a look at the book because we have so much faith in this problem product that we're convinced that if people see the book read the book they'll be like yeah i wanna i want the official fancy art version of this yeah and also i'm also convinced that if they see it they'll want more of it so that's why they need to back so that we can make stretch goals um, yes because i'm very excited to write those yeah and and i and again as someone who has backed multiple onyx path kickstarters uh, the stretch goals i mean you if you're if you're like me and you love books which my wife knows I love books. Uh, it's terrible when we have to move, but um, mm. you get opportunities to get more books, especially, um, you know, I think back to like uh, the Chicago by Night Kickstarter where there was the Chicago folios. There's other supplements that are being written and you can get print on demand versions of those books. And then the quality of the book itself, every Onyx Path book I've ever received through Kickstarter is absolutely top notch. The, the layout, the, the, the paper, the, you know, you name it, it is just well done. And, And from the writers to the artists, to the people who do the editing, to the people who do the layout, you folks at Onyx Path, Steffi, you really knock it out of the park every time. Thank you so much. Um, but enough praise. Let's go back to legend lore a little bit. Um, I, I like to, as we come to the end of these interviews, one of the things that I love to do is is have the the person I'm interviewing give me their elevator pitch as to why. I mean, if you're not convinced to back this already, I, I don't know what else it's going to take. But Steffi, give me the elevator pitch. Tell me why people should play or back legend lore. Okay, so remember, because I'm pretty sure all of us have done this at some point. Remember when you started yourself as an elf or a dwarf or a bard or sorcerer and then tried to figure out what is my wisdom what is my dex that 
is this game, but we made it better. We made it so that you can play exactly who you are, whether you're an activist or a writer or um, somebody struggling to make ends meet. We have a system in place where you can play you, but as a fantasy character in a fantasy world. And there you go. That's why you absolutely should back this game. Steffi, I'd like to give you an opportunity to tell us about some of your other projects that you worked on and, and I understand there's non-disclosure agreements that you can't talk about some of other projects that you're working on, but if there are some that you have upcoming that you can tell us about, please do so. I run, uh, I've got several uh, pro, um, several books in the works. I actually, I run a Patreon along with uh, Liz Trash Paddicle, um, who is also an amazing RPG author. And uh, we create mini games uh, every month also so i would recommend people check that out at least but uh, mm-hmm. around the time that the legend law kickstarter starts um i also uh, released a book on the dm's guild called masks of theros at least i hope i did um so theros is a magic the gathering setting which will be mm-hmm. released pretty soon for dnd fifth edition and we are hoping that they will also open theros to the dm's guild because we wrote a book for it an entire book. It's an epic adventure path which starts at character level one and takes you all the way to character level 11 with uh, new monsters and new um, new, new artifacts and uh, villains you can flirt with and vampires you can also flirt with. Um, <laughs> and it takes you uh, right. It's, it's a story about destiny and heroics and death and fate and um, I think it's of such incredible high high quality. So I highly recommend people check that out. That's on the DMs Guild. I'm also working on a Trinity Anima for Onyx Path. It's a it's an upcoming Trinity Continuum game. So I'm really excited about that. I've got a whole slew of things in the work. I am writing an adventure for Brindlewood Bay, which is about uh, it's it, it's murder. She wrote the RPG basically. Oh wow. Yeah, I loved it so much. I read it and I just, I, I uh, DM'd the people who own it on Twitter. I was like, hire me. So they hired me to write an adventure for them. And really is that, is that all it takes? Um, it does if you know them. <laughs> I'd worked for them before. So, um, so they made me pitch, but I, I did have a leg up because I worked for them before. That helps if you do good work. Um, uh, and I'm also working on Dark Places and Demogorgons, the second edition. Uh, that's also a fifth edition game. Uh, well, based on the fifth edition system. It's uh, a bit like Strange uh, strange Things. Okay. That's, that's a short pitch. But if, if you like Strange pitch, uh, strange Things, I, re- I recommend you, you check out uh, Dark Places and Demogorgons. So those are currently uh, the three... Uh, the three biggest RPG projects that I have coming up. And uh, actually, in June, we'll also be kickstarting Tales of Pride, which is a um, an indie game uh, about pretty fairy princesses. And it's exactly what it says on the tin. You play a pretty fairy princess. And we've got uh, several authors, including me, writing adventures for that. So that is also going to launch in June, I think that's Pride Month. So, and um, those are my upcoming upcoming works. You have a lot going on. 
I do. I, I'm, I'm, I sometimes I look at my deadlines and I'm like, oh, that's a lot of deadlines. <laughs> and inevitably, somebody comes with, I've got a project for you. And I'm like, I can't take any more projects. I'm okay, tell me about the project. And then I always love them. <laughs> and that's how I end up with so many deadlines. I, I firmly believe that busy people always seem time or always seem to find time for another project. Yeah, yeah, they do. Even if it's at their detriment. <laughs> yeah. At some point you've got to say, Oh yeah, there's a there's a pandemic. Yeah, actually I should probably I should probably take a step back a bit. Although there are also many people who enjoy really going full out. It's mm -hmm. and what are some of other games that you've previously worked on? Uh, I've actually I've worked on the Chicago folios. I was on Let the Streets Run Red. Oh, okay. and I'm I'm currently oh, I completely forgot to mention them. That that's because I have my list of deadlines, and whenever I hand something in, I promptly remove it and then forget about it until people send me my red lines back. Red lines <laughs> for people who don't know is basically when the developer of a project goes over your work and um, red lines it. Traditionally, it used to be with a red pen. That's where the name comes from and then you make the edits they want you send it back for a second draft and that's usually your last draft um so i forgot about this one because i sent it in and it's no longer on my list but um it's uh, one of the stretch goals for the cult of the block gods from onyx path ah so that's really exciting too i'm working for john berg and matthew dawkins who are developing this one together so that's very exciting i wrote a call combat cult Oh, nice, nice. That's that's another one of the Kickstarters that I've backed. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm on that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've sometimes it's funny because my 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 co-host Nolan he looks at some of the stuff that I've backed and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "You realize you have books coming for like the next five years." I know, but that's fun. That's it's very fun. <laughs> yeah, especially then sometimes you forget and you you get something in the mail like, "What's the?" Oh yeah, that's right. And um, yep. so on, on the on the writing path, it's, it's even funny because, you know, we've got a lot of people on one book and I, for one, forget what my assignment one was after I hand in the second draft. Just so you'll get the book and you read it. Like, oh, this is familiar. Or sometimes you, it's not even familiar. You read like it's pretty good. And then you read, oh, oh, this is mine. This is mine. I'm glad I like it. <laughs> that's 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 too good i like that <laughs> yeah. steffi if if people would like to get a hold of you or even you know support you like through a patreon how could they do that so my patreon is uh patreon.com and then it's liz and steffi that's all together one of my friends thought it was lizard steffi but it's not it's liz and steffi but without any spaces okay. uh but you can also find me on twitter and my uh, pinned tweet on Twitter has all of my links, and I'm on Twitter as a hundred things I love, and that's one hundred the number one zero zero things I love. I'm going checking out your Twitter right now because I don't think I follow you on Twitter, which is wrong. Well, you so should. I'll follow you back. <laughs> I, I just did, and I'm going to grab all your links so I can make sure we include those in the show notes. Yep. Uh, so that's everything I have. So, Steffi, thank you so much for joining us. We are really excited to see Legend Lore come back to Kickstarter. And, of course, we will be backing it right away. And I encourage everybody who listens to this to do the same. You know, Check it out. I promise you, you're not going to be remiss. This is going to be one that you're going to want to back. So, Steffi, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.